When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is full-time Reds once again, the seventh one of the season. It is finished at Anfield, Liverpool 3, West Ham United 1. I'm joined by my regular uh, co-host for tonight, Chris Brack, Kevo Sullivan. Chris, how'd Hello. you like that? I enjoyed that. It's good, that. Good game, to be fair. I Give credit to West Ham. I thought West Ham played really well, and... We're right paying the others to play against, but yeah, all in all, can't, can't go wrong. Second half was excellent. First half actually was fairly decent, apart from the first 10 minutes. So, you know, all in all, happy. Second in the league, two points off top. Can't ask much more. Yeah, there we go. We keep on rolling. And Kev, we uh, we don't concede first for uh, a slight change. That made things just a little bit uh, easier for us as watchers, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but um, look, that's... That's a huge win. It's, you know, coming off the coming off the Thursday night to get that first win under your belt. Um, having made the amount of changes that we did make midweek to um come back in, make loads of changes again, look as good as we did at times, and come away comfortably with three points against a very good side, a very dangerous side on the counter. Um, so so many positives come out of that game today. So many more, so much. To, more, so many more positives than the few negatives that are in there, and there are there are a couple of negatives in there, but they're not really negatives. We'll get into all of that. I'll tell you, I was just over the moon with that performance. Uh, yeah, results take care of themselves when the performances are there. Yeah, it's your burner cap. Right, so saying you're looking well. <laughs> Goodbye. Looking goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, like you said, Kev. Pretty wholesale changes from Thursday, as you expect, going Europa League back into the Premier League. Uh, eight changes, by my count, made to the team. We got Allison in goal. Gomez comes in at right back. Trent still not in the squad. 
better safe than sorry as far as I'm concerned with Trent. No need rushing him back and re-aggravating any injuries with him. So Gomez at right back. Robertson on the other side. Matip and Van Dyke. Kanate gets a rest. Midfield three seems to be kind of the go-to midfield for us so far in the league this year of Sabasly, McAllister, and Jones. And up front, I was a little surprised by it after playing the full 90 in Thursday uh, in Austria. Darwin Nunez and Luis Diaz go again. And Mo Salah is Mo Salah. He's there. So, Chris, any surprises for you in that? Uh, I thought Kanati might start because I assume that's why we gave him so many minutes. But maybe started just to go with continuity of, you know, we'll put Van Dyke back in and that's enough changes for the back line. Uh, I wasn't totally surprised to see Gakpo and Diaz because they're just both in. I mean, look, all of us attacks in really good form, but I just feel against West Ham, I think they, they wouldn't like playing against the pace of a, of a Diaz and the pace and the physicality of a. Uh, a Nunes, I kind of felt that it's been horses for courses. Whereas perhaps when we play Spurs away, perhaps that's more of a game where you do want a Gakpo dropping in deep and you know linking up play and flooding the midfield. Um, so all in all, I was pretty pretty happy. I was kind of hoping Trent would be on the bench, but like you said, no point risking it. I mean, if you put Karate in that starting lineup, Trent, you're two away from your start your best. What you would argue would be Liverpool's best lineup. How many times that will play together? I don't know because as we saw with the side that won the Champions League only ever played together once. So, it's just showing a good squad game. And look, we've still got Thiago to come back as a squad option at some point. So, no, I was fairly happy with it. I looked at their lineup and thought their lineup looks pretty tasty. You know, um, Bowen, who's always good against us, I was intrigued to see how Antonio did with his, his pre-match team talk. We'll come into that later. It was brilliant for Liverpool and the, the man ghost of the whole game. And to be honest, I was just intrigued to watch Paqueta again because he's ridiculously good. You can't deny it. He was brilliant for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a, a definite sign. Somebody in the chat there had said that you could see why uh, Man City were interested in signing Lucas Paquette. I thought he was had a pretty phenomenal game in terms of controlling the ball in the midfield. Uh, what about you, Kev? Anything from that lineup jump out from you, either for us or for them? No, I was just looking forward to seeing the play. I suppose the, the one that you'd look at would be Joel Matip coming in at centre-back, and you'd think, OK, this is going to be a bit of a test for him. You know, because... While he's good in the air, he's normally good at reading the game. If Joe Gomez starts drifting into midfield, then that's a lot of space for um, for Big Joel to, to have to cover. But other than that, excited to watch it. It's one of those it's one of those elevens that you look at and you goes, "This lot could do absolutely anything." We've I've no idea what they're going to do, and they're the kind of games where you're like, "All right, let's just." Put you a bit forward in the seat and get into it. Like, you know, I, I just couldn't wait for kickoff. I was delighted with it. Yeah. It's it's so nice to have that feeling back. I mean, I've had it the whole season. That's just my natural optimism, but it's being rewarded by the performances that we've seen in the first seven games of the season so far. Is that you you gotta just be buzzing coming into match day now because whatever lineup we choose to put out, whoever's on the pitch, you just know they're gonna be able to put in a performance. And it doesn't take us very long. Like I said, you know, we don't concede early. West Ham do have a couple of chances, though. I mean, six minute, Chris, come to you on this one. How good is our keeper? I mean, oh. Allison down to his right with a strong hand from that header from Suchek. Do you know, he's so good that actually when he said that, oh, I was like, oh, who's marking him? I was like, good job, Allison saves. And when you watch Maggie going, you forget, oh, that's a brilliant save. I think he's got that good now. I think me and Kev joke about us now. Well, we have to correct ourselves going, oh, that's a worldie. Because we're so used to going, I oh, saved him. Because it's low, it's in the corner, it's a good header. You know, it's every look. 
it's everything you'd want from the attacker to do. And listen, it's a great save. Thinking, well, that might be the wake-up call we need because I think that's where you need also need to ride your luck a little bit, which is if you get that bit of luck where it falls for you and you keep us pulls you out of it, is make sure you take advantage of it. Last year we were rubbish at doing that. We were, we were just giving another chance. But you know, listen, that, that's why you pay the big money for the, for the best best keeper around. I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. It's there was a few moments that West Ham had in that first half. I'll come to you, Kev, on the second one where we just lose the ball around the midfield mark and they turn and they break quickly. And I mean, the second one, Suchek puts in a lovely, lovely cross for Mikhail Antonio, and he just about headed it to David Moyes. He was so off target. I mean, were you were you feeling a little tense about the defense at that point there, giving up two chances in the first twelve minutes? Not really, because like I said, they're a good side. They're very good at certain things. And good sides will create chances in games. It's how you react to it when they do. And it's it's a strong point for them. They're getting the ball wide, putting balls into the box, trying to make something happen from there, looking for second balls and whatever. They're always going to get chances. You're going to need your, you're going to need your keeper times like that. That was just a, a shocking miss by, by Antonio. But you, you, I always felt that they were likely to score. I, it was just one of those games that... Even at the time, I thought, even if we get ahead, this is the kind of game you you won't be comfortable until you're at least two goals ahead. When things when you get two ahead of sides like this, then they really have to overcommit. West Ham, their strategy is always going to be, right, you have the ball, we'll count you. They're very good at the break. And they've got players to, to play that way. Their players are literally bought with that kind of style in mind. You give West Ham the ball and say, okay, you dominate the ball and you have 65, 70% possession, they don't know what to do. So when you're playing against a side like that, yeah, when you're Newcastle playing against a side like that, you have to, yeah, you, you have to look at it. If they have 35%, I think they're for the end of the first half, their stats are something like 35% possession, but they had seven efforts, you know, and including the goal, they were, they were half decent, you know, so. And with the set pieces that they have and everything that goes with that, the dangers that they have from with height and physicality and everything like that, you always have to be sharp. You always have to be on it. So I, I wasn't worried, but I thought, whatever you do, if you go behind, don't go too behind because they can sit in and make life absolute an absolute nightmare for you. They're almost one of these sides at the minute, I think, that, and you always come up against them where you don't want to go behind to them. You know, because if they go behind to them, they can give you all sorts of problems because they're very good and they're very willing at defending. You know, they love defending. They love being in the shape and they love working for each other. And Moise has drilled them to be very, very good at it. So, yeah, it was it was like, yeah, you ride your look at times with stuff like that. But if you're, go, if you, if you're going to be conceding chances, they're the kind of chances you don't mind conceding. Long, long diagonal crosses coming from wide where... Everyone sees it coming. Keeper can generally set himself to where he thinks the ball is going to go to. So if you're going to be giving up kind of chances, you don't mind those ones so much. It's like someone having pot shots from 30 yards against Allison. Crack on. Yeah. If you yeah, beat I, him, I want, to be able, I want to watch it because like, it's going to be up there with goal of the season if you beat him from those kind of distances. You know, So it's, it's like that. You know, yeah, you I think that's, that's bang on. And I mean, after Antonio has that kind of shanked header, 
I thought Matt Pitt put him in his pocket for the rest of the game. I was really wow. impressed. We got lots of comments in here about Mikhail Antonio. You know, we'll, come to, the, we'll uh, come to we'll come to him because he, he <laughs> can do that. Um, just All while right, we talk, we'll, just while we talk about Newcastle. Sorry, I always bring the mood down, but uh, we do want to pass our cards on to Sheffield United um, player uh, Maddie Kusak, who sadly passed away last week, uh, aged twenty-seven. Uh, they're playing Newcastle today in the women's, I think the women's League One. Uh, so they've laid flowers out. Uh, we don't know why she passed away, but she's had 100 appearances in the championship, only 27. For sadly, that news came through uh, earlier this week. So I just wanted to take the opportunity to sort of pass on our condolences because it's 27. It's hot, that's no age that. Yeah, um, no, that's far, far too young. And yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, you know moving tributes at the. Uh, mm. The men's game here kicking off in a couple of minutes for uh, that player as well too so after uh after those two early chances from west ham they seem like they're coming at us again another hooked in long ball luis diaz wins the header chris he runs a little one two with darwin nunez takes off Back down the wing times. you can see darwin he's pointing where he wants the ball to go he's telling mm-hmm. lewis put it there put it there not the best pass comes off of his heels Defenders caught on his heels a little bit. Mo cuts in as Stonewall as Stonewall penalties come. Mo dinks it around the defender and he just gets absolutely. It's a Stonewall or Stonewall penalties come, but we've seen with Mo Salah. I'm surprised they get booked. Because let's be honest, if you know what I mean, it's just like, oh, but watch him give Mo a booking now for, for being fouled. But yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, be honest, did you fancy him? I did. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go back to it. I'll try and keep it clean because it's, it's pretty much there. But I like the fact that Mozart's gone to technical. I'm just going to smash it dead hard. I like what Kev said. Keep, keep against the right way. You know, it's a good height for him. But do you know what? I think with Mo at the moment, I think he's going to, I think that's what he's going to do for the next few penalties. He's just smashing really hard and then get a bit of confidence back up. But listen, scoring first, kind of what you want. I mean, I think that's now Mo Salah's 10th goal in 13 games against uh, West Ham. He's also got three assists in that. So, Quite likes playing against West Ham. I mean, quite likes playing against most clubs, to be fair. And he's now he's now scored in twelve. He's now got a goal involvement in twelve consecutive Premier League games. Mo Salah is now the only person to do that twice. So not only is he breaking everybody else's records, he's pissing about and breaking his own just for shits and giggles. So the man's a machine. And listen, people who was out, oh, selling for the hundred fifty million. I'm telling you, keep Mo Salah as long as you can keep Mo Salah. Quite frankly, if Liverpool are going to get in the deal now to get him a, a one-year extension, rolling extension, just do it. Yeah. I'd rather Rosal's legs go in our time because he's already started to adapt his game where he's not as reliant on his pace. And I want to see the next version of Mo Salah on Liverpool's watch. I just think he's going to become the creator supreme. You know, yeah. May go down to 15, 20 goals a season, but he may be looking at 15, 20 assists. I just think yeah. that's what he's going to turn into. I'd have thought about it that he might go a little bit like Benzema in his advanced age at Real Madrid, where he just becomes that facilitator for the other young attackers to come in and play off of him. And I am totally on board with that because, I mean, Benzema had a pretty understated career, but there's no denying what he did. Uh, Paul Gormley asking a question there. Kev, come to you. said, did anyone else not think why wasn't he sent off for the foul for the penalty? Clear that up for us. Yeah, it's double jeopardy. Um, it's uh, similar to Virgil's one. If Virgil, if that happened to Virgil when he was inside, if it was inside the box, it would have just been a penalty. Um, but because, like with this one, double jeopardy comes into play. That's the only reason why he wasn't sent off. 
few years ago, before that rule change came in, he would have been. Would have been. Yeah. You know, it would have been which, a straight red and a penalty, which is yeah. harsh. It ruins the game. You know, it wasn't and, the case that he that he um, was malicious or anything like that. He tried to get go for the ball. He didn't see both. He just, he, he just, he just didn't. Yeah. He didn't see both coming in. Let's be fair. You know, yeah. so you'd have been. I, I never liked that rule anyway. So I quite. I think that's fair. You know, unless you do like a a ridiculous. You know, no attempt at all. Just kick them six foot in the air. Then fair enough. I think that could still be a red card because the, the rule is you have to make an a, what they would say a reasonable attempt for the ball, and yeah. that was he just got done by he just got done by pace. Yeah, yeah. I think if he would have just what like reached and pulled Mo down by the shoulders without trying to play the ball, I think in that case he might have been sent off and conceded the penalty. But I mean, he's he's clearly trying to make a defensive he's maneuver for the them. ball. Yeah, he yeah. just he just doesn't doesn't quite get there. I mean. After I still that, think, for for the record, that was an absolutely horrific penalty. It was <laughs> smashed in the hope that the keeper would go the other way. He disguised it well. Uh, he's disguised it with his run up really well, but that was yeah. literally in the middle of the opposite half of the goal, at a perfect Thor, height for a diving keeper. Yeah, it, it's said, a brilliant penalty because it goes in. But my God, yeah. that was an absolute horrific penalty. Thor said it looks like Sal does the the, uh, the Frank Lampard. Technical penalties, who was very similar, which was head down and drive it like a drive it like a train. And Lampard was good at disguising it, but not a Lampard's were place, were they? They were <coughs> them as hard as he could. And I mean, to be fair to Frank Lampard, he did miss many. So I'm all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, you take him, and as long as he's scoring them, he can, he'll keep taking them. That's all well oh, and yeah. good. But I watched the Hurricane penalty for Bayern Munich uh, yesterday. And every single time, every single penalty is with pace and in the corner. Every single oh, it's one. A, and, Kane's probably. I mean, Kane's probably got the best penalty penalty. Can he? It's ridiculous. Because exa- yeah, it's it's top corner every time, like a missile. They're ridiculous. Yeah. I think Salah's got capable of of being that accurate and being that good. So look, I I just hope it's something that he gets confidence back into his game about and starts smacking them into where keepers, if they do go the right way, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference because they're hit with such power that you're not getting there anyway. You yeah. know, but uh, you take them, you're 1-0 up, happy fucking days. Yeah, absolutely. So, ultra, ultra nitpicky. Yeah, that's okay. Hey, you can do that when you win and it's not quite as you, sour. You also, know, you also know about how good a performance well, yeah. it is. That's how good a performance it is that we're actually going, oh, he could have took his penalty a bit nicer, that would have helped. That's it. When, when you get to that level of nitpicking issue, you know, in general, the forms are actually pretty good, to be fair to them. Yeah. So Ross here, he says, how about that man, Gomez? Hell of a game. Fellow was doing his Trent person- uh, impression in midfield, but defending better. And yeah, I was. that was one of the things coming into the game because, you know, Gomez didn't really, in his uh, other couple starts playing in the right back, he didn't really flourish in that inverting role to play the box midfield. I thought he was much better in that today, and his defending was excellent. Like, they they had almost zero threat coming down their left-hand side. There was one point about a half an hour in where Gomez gets the ball in the middle of the park, does a little dribble, gets past two guys, and starts driving forward. It just makes me want to see him score so, so damn badly. I mean, there's one move where uh, Sabasla Diaz and uh, Salah link up, and the ball just kind of pops up on Mo, and his shot comes off of his shin instead mm-hmm. of the top of his boot, goes a little bit wide. Then around about five minutes to go before the half, West Ham start getting a little sustained bit of pressure. And the header comes in, or ball comes in, headed out for a corner. 
another corner. And Jared Bowen, I mean, Kev, it's that's a brave header for Jared Bowen. I mean, yeah. uh, Sufal puts in a gorgeous cross, just an absolutely gorgeous cross. And Bowen's first to it uh, against Van Dyke and heads home. Unconvinced, unconvinced that Sufal mishit that cross. Those are the type of crosses from a right back that go behind the centre back, over the top of the centre back for the forward coming in at the back post. They very rarely, the only, it's very rare for the, the cross to come in from a right back in front of where the two centre backs would be for a run to come in front of the centre backs. Very rare. And I don't think Sufal meant it. So I think that's probably half the reason why Van Dyke is on his back foot. Where Matip is gone to to follow Antonio to mark him out, out of it at the near post. Robertson almost blocks the cross off anyway. So once once the cross comes in in front of Virgil and he's on the back foot anticipating that it's going to go in behind him, Bowen can see all of this because the game is in front of him. So he, he makes a brilliant run across Virgil and really brave. Really brave with the header. And I'm almost glad that Virgil wasn't half a yard closer. Because if Virgil was half a yard closer, he'd have kicked the head off him. And <laughs> yeah. odds are he'd have been odds are he'd have been sent off for violent conduct. I think I'm nearly convinced that if Virgil was that close and a diving header comes in like that, that it would have been a penalty or possibly a red card. Look, I just think it's a really good finish. It's a really good goal, it's a well worked goal. They got the ball wide, got the cross in. It was a good run across Virgil. He brave and got the I think, in. I, I Nothing think Allison could do about it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you're Jurgen Klopp and the coaches staff, I don't think it's the, the Virgil thing when looking back at it. It is the, could you not have got, could you not have a bit quicker to get the cross? Because to be fair, Robertson goes from centre-back centre and he bombs it over, but he doesn't get over the quicker. And for me, Sobberslai is probably the only sort of nitpick I can give about him because he was brilliant, which was... He wasn't exactly breaking his neck to get over there to, to break the cross. It was a bit half-hearted. And that's where I think the problem is. It, it stopped the supply. Because, yeah, yeah. like you said, you know, you know, if, you kick, if you connect with him, he kicks him. You know, Virgil may think, you know, of mommy toes. Maybe I get maybe I get it from quicker. But it's a brave header because it's it's an odd one to go with your head. Yeah. He's just walking his leg at it. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. an odd one to go with your head. It was, it was but, such a good header, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't take anything away from the header because it's right into the player. He's such a good player, Bowen, as well. Though. I'm yeah. amazed West Ham kept hold of him as long as they have, because I think he's really good. You know, so. yeah. 
he he had that off like he had his breakout season and we were kind of tentatively linked with him and then he had a bit of a down year and i think that kind of cooled a little interest in on him league, and that, yeah. yeah in the league and that allows west ham to keep a yeah. hold of him because if he'd have had another strong season in the league on top of that he probably would have been off somewhere else so uh he's one the, of those I, I, I thought I mean, it was against the runner players helped. Yeah, I thought you know Cross might have helped Bowen. Well. Yeah, I thought you know Cross might have helped Bowen because he uh, he got that habit of being the dirt count thing of uh, scoring big goals and big moments. You know, and he, to be fair, he, he he often does that. You know, so so listen, I don't know how you guys feel. Half sounds a bit. I was a bit a little frustrated. I thought actually we've played all right. We've played particularly poorly, but. On the bounce of play, you were probably, I was thinking 1-1's well, probably fair because they've had three big chances. We've had a few big chances. It's probably about fair. It's, I thought we responded to their goal extremely well. I mean, the next thing yeah. to note that I have written down after the after they score is Curtis Jones putting the ball in from an offside position from just a Great delightful, touch. delightful Great run touch. by him. Great ball by Sabasai. And that's becoming kind of his signature goal. We all thought it would be mm-hmm. cutting in and putting it top bins against West Ham, but that arriving back post first time putting the ball in, but he is he's he's offside. I don't know why that VAR took so long because first replay you go, yeah, it looks off. It wasn't yeah. even like a yeah, it, looks it wasn't that tight. It wasn't that tight. It was like, but oh, good it's, move, good rea- good reaction to it. Yeah, I think yeah. the thing is with the TV cameras and the VAR cameras, the way they align everything up, that could have been a lot closer than what you think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 just whenever they've done the lines, that must have been a lot closer than what we thought. And thought it's you... literally the difference between starting your run half a second earlier. But I think Joe, it was a great, Joe it was a lovely finish. Don't just fake said it all, didn't it? Because he ran so soon as the cameras, as soon as the flag goes up, he looks back at subs yeah. like it's that kind of look at the. Uh, yeah, I think I'm He's off. Like, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have this much free space this close I to goal. It, I must. I, think I must be off. I think he knew himself, yeah. Yeah. So, So, yeah, we get into halftime. I think everything's all pretty much going all right. You know, West Ham, we're always going to pose a threat. This isn't an absolute garbage team. I mean, I think their league position from last season was maybe a little false. And, I mean, you look at the quality of their starting 11, you look at the quality that they have to bring off of the bench, and West Ham have one of the stronger squads in the the league. Mm -hmm. So, 1-1 at halftime. You know, we're not making any silly defensive mistakes. We're marking Antonio out of the game, and he's usually their biggest, you know, point of threat for them. It's all well and good. No changes at halftime. <laughs> we come back. I'll come to you on this one, Chris. Uh, seven minutes into the second half, and we're going to get to good Darwin moments, but unmarked on the Cut penalty spot <laughs> after. Could have fucking killed him. Honestly, okay. God. It, it was. It was like. Because I great player, I thought, I thought and I was, I was celebrating. Oh, what a! Oh, oh, oh! Wow, that's it was like a bit wide. It was, it was very, very wide. And I was like, <laughs> and the bizarre thing is, and we've all said this: our oh, Darwin, when he's instinctive, he's lethal. When he has time to think about, it, you worry about it. That was the most instinctive finish. Of it. It, was the worst, it was the worst finish I've ever seen. If you like, I was trying to go, oh, and you can't help that little voice in the back of your head going, "We saw a lot this last year. We missed." A big chance like that, and it would cost us. And to be fair, yeah. Luckily for Bowen, he couldn't he couldn't head the ball. He couldn't head the ball in any direction. He headed it straight to Allison because within a minute they needed to go. But yeah, he should be hitting the target. It there's no excuses. I, we all like Darwin, you know. And actually, I thought his all round game in general was actually really good. 
but I put my house in it to bury that, which when we talk about <laughs> ridiculous Darwin later, it's unreal because yeah. the one he scores is the most typical finish he's got to do. But I, I think I looked at that goal. Yeah, I looked at that goal, and I th- I honestly don't think he missed it by that much. I think the ball hits, you know, the stand, the corner, the sorry, the, the post behind the goal. Oh, stanchion, yeah, and, and then it flies because he absolutely rockets it. Because I can't think of any other way why the ball ends up that going in that direction. It was one of those. The, the move deserved the finish. The oh, move was some of the best football that we played in the game. It was so controlled and so deliberate, and the passing was so accurate. I'll be honest, and that's the sort like of move we see City do, isn't it? That's the sort of move you, yeah, you see City do. When Mo, when Mo held, I think it was uh, Aguard off, and literally just rolled him, it was like he was playing in the park with the kids. It was yeah. it was that slow. The, it was like, I'm just going to walk around. I'm going to hold you there. I'm walking with the ball. And then I'm going to pass it to Darwin, and Darwin is just going to slap it on. That's how slow it was. But that's how it, it was like West Ham were watching this happen to them. Like, oh my God, wow. Oh my God, I, I can't believe. Wow, wow, wow. You know and they were just, they were just like spellbound. They didn't have a clue what was going on. I, I, I generally thought when he hit it, because when they hit a raw, I thought my stream had glitched. That's how much I thought he scored. <laughs> and then I realized he fucking missed. And I was like, Oh, oh! I thought I just showed up my screen. The the stream had glitched, and I thought, oh, it's you know, you missed the goal, but you hear you'll hear the commentary in a second. It'll catch up. But no, 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 he's missed. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Like I tell you what, when they went up the other end, there is abs- That was a scary moment because there is absolutely no way in hell <laughs> that Jared Bowen in the middle of the six yard box should ever have a free header. No, that that was poor all around. You know, whatever about the delivery and everything, like that, there is absolutely no way in hell that that man should be getting a free. It's like Diogo Jota getting a free header in the middle of the box. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, never ever. We're, we're getting the order wrong. Really Bowen's looking. chance. Bowen's chance actually comes before Darwin's chance. No, no, I got that wrong. There's another chance huh? in there. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's Darwin's chance. Get the then Bowen's. Then Bowen's chance. Yeah, the cat's asleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, they like they have another one. They swing in Van Dyke. Uh, no, we swing uh, a ball in from Sabasai. Van Dyke at the back post heads it back across goal. That's our that's our set play routine. Yeah, we very clearly look for Virgil Van Dyke across the goal at the back post to head the ball back across goal. Just nobody there to run onto at that time. But by this point, we've we've settled into possession. It seems to be something yeah. in the second half so far this season. We come out in the second half. We get the ball, we keep it, we cycle it around at the back. It was a bit slow and pedestrian for me. And I mean, talk about slow and pedestrian, Kev. Darwin's goal. Everybody's just kind of standing still. Darwin's goal, because I'll be honest, I looked at McAllister today, Was I thought he was good without being very good at anything. You know, I, I thought he was, his tackling was good. He was... His vision was okay. He was knocking the ball around safe enough. I thought his general all-around play in a position that he's still learning was just was he was good. And then you see the angle from behind the goal. Ridiculous. And he gets the ball in the middle of the park. No one comes near him because they know he's going to pass it up side to side. That's what he's done all game. He's done nothing else all game but pass it side to side and redistribute it and bring everyone else into play. 
And it was as if Rory McIlroy put a ball down in the middle of a pitch in Anfield and decided to take out his chip iron and go bing with the ball inch perfect. Darwin's eyes are fixed on him and looking at him all the time. And he's like, you're going to do it, aren't you? And he just pings it. The most perfect chip that you will ever see. This perfect chip lob pass onto his foot. And he just caresses it with his right yeah, foot into a, the opposite it, corner. It, it was a beautiful goal. A beautiful it's goal. What, it's not what you expect from Darwin, is it? You expect Darwin to crack it because that's yeah. what we all know him for. You know that was. Like, it's it's the kind of love, it's the kind of finish I'd have expected out of Cody Gakpo. Yeah, it's the it's the kind of Cody Gakpo finish. It was a beautiful goal. Cannot understate enough how good this goal is. I think it's of one all, of the best goals I've seen this season. I was going to say of all of our attackers. He said, who would, who would finish it like that? I would honestly say Darwin would be fifth choice for how they would finish it. I would say Mo could probably do that finish. I could see Jota doing that. Diaz, maybe, maybe not. But there's definitely three, three of the attackers you think would do that type of a controlled, caressed finish, which is great because then you go, what's another string to his bow? It's clearly something they work on. And it's lovely to see because before we had McAllister, the only person in our squad who could do that was, was Thiago. But yeah. Thiago is not yeah. available enough. Whereas now we're, we're in that. We're in that love system. We're going. We've still got to come back in on this side, which is oh, wow. That's quite an exciting option to throw. In. We're not desperate for him. He's an option. There is one other player that can play a pass like that because there was two things this goal reminded me of. One, the finish was something you see Erling Holland do twenty-five times last season. Yeah. That get up high, use your size, stretch the leg up there, first-time ball, boom, it's in the back of the net. But I thought the whole setup for the goal was very reminiscent of Trent to Darwin last year against Newcastle. Same thing. Uh, good shout. Yeah. Dar- yeah, Darwin in between the two center halves, minding the minding the offside line, looking at who has the ball, making that eye contact with the ball carrier. It was Trent last season. It was McAllister today. And just a perfect dink ball over the top. The Newcastle one, he controls it and then puts it in. This one, he just puts it into the back of the net. But I mean, fantastic. As somebody in the chat, I think it might have been Hannah, was saying that Darwin's not letting his misses get to him this year. And I mean, talk yeah. about responding from a bad miss seven minutes later, instinct, boom, it's in the back of the net. And he seems like he is, A, absolutely loving playing for Liverpool at the moment. He is loving the love he's getting from the fans. And B, he's taking his chance. It's, I think he is really grabbing that number nine shirt and making his name the first name on the team sheet for the big games because. He's putting the ball in the back of the net. It's gets to the point now where, and this is a nice problem to have, where I've got one of my friends in messaged me going, and we'll come to him in a minute. What do you think about Johnson? He said, he can't be happy that he's going to be on the bench and just coming off for 10 minutes. And you're going, yeah, he probably isn't. But then you're going like, but are you, are you not starting? Darwin's in form. Mo's in form. Diaz is electric on the left wing. I and mean, you sat there with Gakpo and Jossa going, to be honest, lad, you haven't actually done that, maybe anything wrong to not be playing. It's a lovely. It's lovely to be in this situation. We're going like, oh wow, what? Look what we can bring on, and you're not really fussed which 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 combination starts because you're generally going, well, one of these will work, and if it doesn't, we'll bring one of the other two on. It's quite a nice problem to have. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, who's that? Jono there in the chat says we have the best attacking depth in Europe, and I, I don't know all the European teams, but I think it's pretty hard to argue against and. He also says bringing Diaz and Darwin uh, off and bringing on Jada and Gakpo should be illegal, demoralizing for other teams seeing that. And I mean, before I'll, before I'll say we it make... again. sorry, I'll okay. say it again. This reminds me of 
the Man United side that Pip Liverpool style title in the 08 09 season, where yeah. they'd be they'd have Ronaldo, you know, you'd look at the title, oh yeah, the United side do mention us. Oh, the play with Berbatov and Tevez. Oh yeah, shit. I've just kept Rooney and Ronaldo quiet. Oh shit, I've got to keep Berbatov and Tevez quiet as well. And then you look at the Liverpool side and go, we've got David Ngok and Nabi Lazar. Oh shit. You know what I mean? That was oh, and I sort of feel Liverpool, but I think Liverpool are getting like that. Whereas like City are probably the next closest where they can go, well, Harlow's not working, or bring on Julian Alvarez, where everyone goes, oh shit, because he's really good. I definitely think we're getting into that mould now where what we can bring off the bench for midfield and attack is really going to start to intimidate sides. It's almost like demoralising before the game starts, going, oh Jesus Christ, look what's coming on. If, I don't, if we don't keep these out, they're going to bring him on. Hopefully that leads to us refinding that mojo where teams are half defeated before they even kick the ball to start with, especially at Anfield. Because, I mean, I think this is one loss in 44 games now at Anfield. So we're starting to make home a fortress again. That COVID awfulness of six straight home losses is behind us. And, I mean, yeah, you look at – we've still well, got Thiago to come back to that bench. We've still got Trent. Trent to come back into the starting lineup, who is probably our most important player with this three-box, three-formation. Ben uh, Doak's ben not getting in the squad. And which is he's an ex, he's an exciting but he's an exciting prospect to have and you go like can't can't get him on the bench <laughs> yeah I mean? yeah it's uh it's great it's uh here's a comment here from Dom uh, of the Cop On podcast and uh, contributor to the show and many other shows as well too you're a busy man Dom he says we need to bin Captain Chaos Darwin is the Lord of Havoc that's uh, oh I like I like that. Oh, I like yeah, that's that. like yeah. that's like the title that Jimbrel Cisse had when he bought that place wasn't it he was the Lord of something so <laughs> I love the yeah. he was he was the Lord of Project. Yeah, there you go. Lord of Havoc sounds better. Uh, Before we get through some of the substitutions, just a few things I picked out. Uh, There was another unbelievable ball that Mo Salah played to Luis Diaz. It was just a little too far in front of him. Areola was able to get there first, but the the passing vision of Mo Salah is just incredible. I was so happy with the effort that Darwin Nunes was putting in, getting back on defense. His his yeah. knock on him last season of he doesn't quite understand the game, you know, the system and the pressing triggers and all that. I think a lot of that stuff is behind us now. I think he's really acclimatized to the team. Having that full preseason, he was there from day one. He's working on it. I, I'm just I'm very, very happy to see that happening because he offers something so dynamic and threatening going forward that if he can tick off all the boxes on the team game out of possession and in defense, then we've got some some player on our hands. Game kind of slows. He got the Jurgen fist pump. When he ran back and tackled back, you saw the Jurgen fist pump. That was the biggest cheer he did all day because I think for him, that's what he wants. He goes, I think in Jurgen's mind, they go, that's buying into my team ethos. That's what I need. The whole scoring goals and, you know, I know you can do that. I've got plenty of lads who can do that. I need you to buy into the team ethic. So, you know, I think you can see with also with Klopp, they're going, it's clicking now. This is he's clicking to what I need him to do, and great, it's what we want. Yeah. Well, uh, so I mean, we get to uh, 15 minutes to go, and West Ham ring the first changes. Four nails for Suchek, and two African antelope in the form of Kudus come on for Mikel Antonio. And let's just have a little Antonio chat. Who wants to? Who wants to go on Antonio? Chris? Uh, oh, can I go? Can I go? Because we talked about this on the Wednesday night I, show. I, and I yeah, said I on the Wednesday night show to, to Kev and Luke, and I said, like, my opinion is, if you're a current active playing footballer for the Premier League, you should not be doing your own podcast where you're slagging off all the professional football and giving it the big I am. Because one, 
it's unprofessional. And two, all all he's doing, he's getting his talk sport persona ready for when he retires. Basically, all I would say to him, and I said at the time, was that Tony said, you better have the game of your life at Anfield where you batter the Virgil van Dijk and Matip, score a brace, and just look like an absolute world beater. You basically were a ghost. The whole game, meek, mild, all talk, all hype, no action. Basically, as I think Hannah rightly pointed out, he should have took a, a leaf out of Jared Bowen's book, which is shut your mouth until you talk on the pitch. Talk about it later. Because if he thinks that side's going to finish above Liverpool for top four, I'm all for picking your side up, but you just set yourself up for a, a fall, basically. And you basically did a little team talk for them. And I'll be honest, I think Kudus is a better player anyway. So, and it wouldn't surprise me in three to four months' time, Antonio's sitting on the bench watching Kudus doing what he should be doing. So, I thought it was poetic justice. And to be honest, you could see it coming a mile off. So, it was quite funny, I thought. <laughs> Sorry, can you let you have your say now? Pile on, Kim. Yeah. I'm not going to pile in. I'm just going to look. I'm looking at some of the com the comments. Madge Apples is karma for Antonio. Robert Gerard, he's a donkey. Um, someone says you're American, Matt, but we know you. No, nah, we cleared that up. <laughs> we cleared that up. Um, Newcastle's on. Um, yeah, it, it it was silly. You know, I understand these players, and this is a new new platform for players to voice their opinions on certain things. And they've seen the success that some almost retired players have had. Thinking of uh, the keeper who went to Wrexham. I can't remember. Oh, Ben Foster. But, I mean, literally yeah. it was last year's career. I, mean, I yeah, didn't agree with that exactly. either, to be fair. I didn't agree with no. that either. But I can, I can see why someone like him in the lower leagues who's had a career is doing what he's doing. Fine, no problem. But it, it's just absolutely stupid. You know, it He'll learn a lesson from it, hopefully, and he doesn't do it again. Because actually, I'll be honest, I actually quite like Mikel Antonio. Um, whenever I, I, I remember seeing an interview with him on um, Soccer Saturday, going back a while, going back a good while. And he, he seems like someone, he's come up through the leagues, he's um, done it the hard way. I think he was playing Sunday League football at one stage. He was, yeah. 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 yeah, so he knows what it's like to be on the other side of it and you know to come up and, and have absolutely nothing. You know, and playing football just for the love of it. So at the end of the day, I've got plenty of respect for him as a player, and I think he will make he will be one of these people who make a good pundit at the end of it, at the end of their careers. But get to the end of your career before you open your gob. You know, let's, David Moy should know better, to be honest. But also, if you're one of his teammates, you'd be you'd be kicking up and training, going, oh, "Seriously, do you want to poke the bear anymore? They're on good form, and you want to piss off Mo Salah, Dominic Salah's like it's gonna be hard enough as it is." And also, just to be clear, our managers never won at Anfield, which is already, which, which is already a, a thing that's going around that he wants to end. But now you're making him not making it 20 in a row a problem. Thanks yeah. for that. You just made a difficult job more difficult. It's just like, it's also like a, not seeing through your consequences, which, you know, I'll be honest, surprisingly, actually, look, Kudus was actually, when he came up, was actually surprisingly quiet. I was surprised he actually didn't come on earlier. Because I, yeah. I think he's a good signing by them. I think he'd be really good for West Ham. Yeah. It's, I mean, West Ham will take points off of, you know, yeah. traditional top six teams this year. There's just absolutely no doubt about it. And Mikel Antonio will end up bagging his pretty standard 10 goals a season that he seems to get. You know, it's, yeah. he can be a handful for some defenders. Like, I can see Mikel Antonio giving Manchester United, whoever is fit to play center half for them, just an absolute runaround. But uh, our first it's, change, grab him. It's grab just him first, 
Yeah. I just pick the butcher up and do that to him. There we go. Out of the way. Gravin Birch comes on for Curtis Jones. Uh, Chris, what'd you make of Curtis Jones? I thought he had a good game again. Yeah, he's Ben Gini Wijnaldum. He's the perfect cog in the machine. He does what you need on the left hand side. Keeps it keeps it simple. Gets his tackles in. But now he's had a couple of years doing the Gini Wijnaldum defensive side of it. He's now also doing what we know Curtis is good at, which is late runs at the back post, getting crossing, getting shots in. All round, look. My thing with Curtis Jones was never his ability. It was always he couldn't stay fit. He couldn't stay fit for more than three games. So you couldn't plan for him. So then he was only getting bit power rules. Since he's kept himself fit and the club have found a way of managing his fitness, is he on to like 13, 14 appearances now since this new system came in place? Mm-hmm. Do you know what? It's actually now it actually gets to the point where I'd be surprised if he's not starting games. So we'll top him away next week. To me, Curtis Jones starts every week. Curtis Jones is well, him and Domo were the, were the first students on the team sheet. I and mean, then it's a, a question of do you want to go McAllister or Endo for the defensive role? I don't think it's a debate. You know, when Thiago's back fit, he's going to enjoy the bench for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice place to be. So I was happy with him. He just looked like he ran himself to the ground, which is, I'm all right with that. Anyway, big on Ryan Gravenberch is a lovely thing to have to have as well on your side, you know. So, no, I'm really happy with Curtis Jones. Uh, have been for a while. So it's great to see he's finally. Other people who perhaps give him a lot of unfair stick are starting to go, actually, yeah, do you know what? Maybe he actually is all right. Maybe it's it's not that he's in the side because he's scouts, he's in the side because he's good. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's uh Curtis Curtis <laughs> Jones is doing his own changing doubters to believers because uh, there's been a lot of people over the last couple of seasons that had a lot of negative to say about Curtis Jones, but I think he's really starting to find his form there. Uh by that point, we've got an all new midfield tree on the pitch. All three midfielders bought in the summer with uh, McAllister, Sabaslai, and Gravenberch on for us. Then we do our pretty standard swap of the forwards up top. Gakpo and Jada come on for Darwin and Diaz, yeah. who just great games from from the two forwards as well, Kev. I mean, you can't really ask for much more. Like, Darwin Nunez, that's another, another top game. Yeah, um, the only thing I'd say about Darwin in the first half is, and it's not his fault, it was more the other players around him. They needed to get him involved a bit more. Um, he just seemed not, he just didn't seem to be getting on the ball enough. But other than that, I thought his all around play was good. His hold up play was good. His um, distribution when he got it and laid it off and went again, happy enough, took his finish brilliantly. Missed a sitter, happens. But yeah, look, he can be really happy with the work that he did. Luis Diaz was always a thorn in the side. He'll come up against better fullbacks than Kufa and, you know, give him absolute torrids, a torrid tie, you know. But, no, I thought he was really good. Um, I think there's more gears to his game, for sure. Um, yeah. I think there was an argument, actually, and I don't know if anyone caught it because that one where Salah's pass into him, he slightly misses... He's literally just off getting the ball, but the keeper the, the keeper caught him on another day. Mm. It's a, there's a question there. I don't look. I I don't think it's a penalty. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if that's Diaz almost getting to the ball, but getting a touch on his right back after the ball is gone, it's a free kick. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those mm-hmm. things. In the box, it's not a foul. Outside the box, it's a foul. Yeah. But yeah, no, happy enough with them. The only thing that I'd say on the substitutions, I was surprised Gravenberg went was the first one. Uh, that that's a big call 
Uh, given the state of the game that we were in, it was 2-1. They were still a, they were still a dangerous side on the break. That's a big show of faith in Gravenberg to come on for Jones, given the responsibility that you're asking him to lock down that left-hand side. Where you mean instead of Endo? No, instead of the forwards. I thought he mm -hmm. would change the forwards first and left the midfield alone and maybe made the midfield change a little bit later because they were they were playing fine. You know, they were they were, it wasn't as if they were looking leggy or anything like that. You know, I just thought to make that change first and to be it hit for it to be him over Endo, I thought, yeah, okay, Jurgen really rates it. Or he must have trained really well. They're really happy with what he's done so far. And all credit to him. I thought he was really good when he came on. He looked look he looked lively, he looked Really good defensively, not as rash as what he has been in previous uh, outings at Bayern, where he's um, been very rash in the tackle, you know, lunging into footballs that he shouldn't be in bad areas, giving away silly fouls. And there was one instance in these when he after he came on in our box when he cleared the ball, that he just got those long levers in and nicked the ball away, and calmly played it back to Robertson and brought yeah. the ball and we brought the ball out. I thought that that's was very good. Pick this up, yeah. That's some. It's little things like that. You're thinking, yeah, you're picking this shit up really, really good, really quick for someone who's been Tricky. in the door five minutes. Tricky it's us because yeah. he knows he's. Tricky because he also knows he's going to get game time. Yeah, I think it's confidence. It's it's Where confidence, it? and that, and and he he knows he's he knows that the manager mm -hmm. trusts him. That's Newcastle yeah. uh, too, by the way. Uh, and and luckily, uh, it seems like Ronald Koeman has decided to run a personal vendetta campaign against Gravenberch, and he's being left out of the next round of internationals. So he gets to stay in Liverpool, continue training with us. So I'm all yeah. all good with that. Uh, we get a late corner, 84th minute. Robertson decides to swing one in. Chris Diogo Jada just scores goals. It does, and that's a show. That's clearly, I mean, I was saying, it's clearly routine to work on, which is Van Dyke had it. Back to where it came from, and Jota doing his Robbie Fowler impression. I just ended up tapping in. That's what I do. Uh, and apparently, according to the commentators, that is the first time this season West Ham conceded from a set piece. So all, all in all, David Boyd's 20, 20th loss at Anfield, which you won't like, and they conceded a set piece, which I'll hate even more. So all in all, Brilliant. pretty good. Um, Brilliant. It's quite, yeah, it's quite nice you bring on Diogo Jota. He's going, oh, you just kind of just do a tapping. That's all he does. Rounded off, rounded off a brilliant performance. Uh, Virgil in the opposition box won a lot of headers. Yeah, yeah, you know, he was three really or three dominant. or four. Yeah, yeah, he was. That's going to be such a weapon this season because West Ham are physically a big side, you know. And I thought for him to be that dominant in their box with not having the intention to score, you know, the intention is definitely to bring others in, and they're mm -hmm. they're all sniffing and looking for it. And not once did I feel threatened that they would get something on the counter. I just felt no. that we were so secure on our corners, unlike when they had corners and we won the first ball. It's my favourite type of Liverpool goal. When our opponent has a corner, we win the corner and you see four, five, six players just go. Gone. And, and when you see... That routine work to a tree. It's my favourite type of Liverpool goal. But the flip side of that is we never looked like when we had corners ever being in that situation of being that vulnerable. So no, defensively, it looks like we're we're starting to get into 
this kind of shape now that we're all kind of confident in. So yeah, I, I also, really, really I also like I also like those that's up going going right. There's five minutes to go plus whatever out of time. It's game done now. It's not no tension yeah. man. Not going. Oh god, you know, one lucky ricochet. You know, as you look in, you know, James Ward Prowse doing a a brilliant free kick in the last minute. You know, to so put it on someone's head. You, you know, you've seen we've seen that happen many times for, for plenty of clubs. Getting the third goal like five minutes to go is just the perfect time. So you go like, it's actually ten minutes where they're going. Yeah. All right, we don't want any more of this. Well, you don't want any more as of this. We'll just, as, we'll just soon, as, as soon as we made, as soon as we got the third. Moyes made his last change and he brought Paquetta off. And I just wanted to mention about Paquetta. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. He's the best player I've seen play at, at Anfield this season for an opposition side. Um, he was ridiculously good on the ball, so strong on the ball. Um, just composure personified. Brilliant vision, work rate. That middle of the park where they've lost Declan Rice and slotted him in there. It, he's just... I honestly think that West Ham are stronger side without Declan Rice because of that move, because it drops Paqueta into a more responsible role in the middle of the park. And the more he's on the ball, the better they're going to be. There, he he was. Our, if if it was anyone else, if it was anyone else, and the result was any other way, he was the best player on the pitch, despite mm-hmm. losing, despite losing losing the game three one. I thought he was a one, he was a one man show. He was just you. You very rarely see games like that where an opposition player is that good, and they lose. You know, all credit to I thought he he was different class today for for them. I thought he was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, if he uh, if he comes out the other side of his uh, sort of Damocles that's hanging over his head with those charges. If you know if that all gets cleared up and he comes out of that innocent, there's another hundred million pound player there for Newcastle, and they look to have spent the Declan Rice money extremely well. Like I thought, Edson Alvarez had a decent game. I'm just going to quick double back to the third goal. I am furious about that goal because that's probably as close as Joe Gomez will ever get to scoring for Liverpool. He was right there. He was so close <laughs> to toe poking it over the line. If I've got to be honest. Joe Gomes is the only man I know that from that distance will probably still clear the bar. <laughs> I think he's going to do a Rob Joe. He's going to do a Rob Jones. He's going to go his whole career and just doesn't score. I think it's he just, just one of those things. It was just nice to see him actually being up in the mix on the corner because for years he was the last man back. He wouldn't even bother going up for the corner. So it was just like yeah. you never could even see how we'd possibly get a chance to score. And there's been twice already this season where he's had a glimpse at it. So it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. Uh, the, the ideal situation for Joe Gomez is Liverpool win the league like we did a couple of years ago at a canter and we get a penalty last game of the season. Yeah, and we all go, yeah. we'll go, come on, Joe, there's your chance, just run up and crack it. Let's see what, <laughs> yeah. I don't care and see what happens. That'd be, because to be honest, it'll go off when Joe Gomez scores a goal for Liverpool because I think yes. Em wills yeah. him to do it. He's... I, I think Red Steve will materialize in the middle of the pitch, whether we're home or away, to celebrate that goal with Joe Gomez. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's 3-1. The game is over. I think uh, everybody on both teams and in the crowd realizes that this is a Liverpool victory. The final 10 minutes or so of the game, I would say is now, okay, I know that we're not supposed to speak for all Liverpool fans, but I'm going to break convention. I'm going to speak for all Liverpool fans. Dominic Sabozlai is amazing. That oh. guy, he does not stop running. I mean, I have it down in the 88th minute. I have it down in the 91st minute. He's 
constant. He's everywhere. The engine on the guy, his speed, the power, the grace, which he runs with. It's, it's unbelievable. He is going to prove to be an absolute steal at 60 million. Like, I, it's just when the game is over, when you can just walk around and wait for the time to expire and he's busting absolute lung to be the first to pick up the loose ball when it doesn't really matter. It's got to make the coaching staff so happy. And I think every Liverpool fan is falling head over heels for Dominic Zubazlai. Tell me I'm wrong. He's going to score one of those ridiculous free kicks at some point, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm so if he stops hitting that. the wall. I'm so glad I'm not on that wall because, my word, that they go like a train now. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. I think Kev's in love with him as well, aren't you, Kev? Yeah, some of his touches, and you see the flicks and the tricks and what have you, but they're flicks and tricks with a purpose. It's not for show. It's uh, there was two or three back heels today. There was two of them where he was going away. He was away from goal, and then he flicks it back into the path of Mo Salah, and it's like, wow! How not the the fact that you all had the audacity to try it. We all knew he's got the audacity to try this stuff, but he's pulling it off. And there's so much to his game that to like that. Yeah, he's brilliant in that attacking role. But he's so good as the six in with McAllister as well. Because after 10 minutes, we literally changed to 4-2-3-1 today. Yeah. And we played with that double six pretty much most of the game. The way the Joe Gomez thing started was, and he did it a few times, he drifts into the six when we're in our half trying to build out from the back. And then he goes back to being a right back when we're in their half or in their final third, he drifts out to being a right-back again. And his transition is straight back as a right-back. So this inverted <laughs> six that Trent was doing is different to what Joe Gomez is doing. And it's tailored to the player, and the player seems to be comfortable in doing it. He'd be my honourable mention today, Joe Gomez. I I thought yeah. he was so good. He was so so good today, you know. So, who um, would be your man of the match then, Kev? We're just about on the hour. Not, Let's yeah, get out of here. Let's get out of here. Yeah, man of the match. It's tough. I, I think I'd have to give it to Sabozla. Have to. He was just so good. Again, it's like his passing accuracy is a joke, and he's just a constant threat. He's everywhere. Those lung bursting, pressing runs. <clears throat> you know, the willingness to run, the willingness to work, the, the nose to see, here it comes, the nose no, to see danger. It's, um, yeah, absolutely delighted with his performance. Yeah, on, like honorable mention for Joe Gomez as well. Second goal yeah. was best goal I've seen this season. Um, yeah, lots Ooh. to look forward to. Super Great game. We don't get many of these. Uh, yeah. Darius, uh, next two games, massive. Chance to separate from the pack and enter the title race. Well, we'll me and Kev will look at this. Obviously, we're two points off City at the moment. We're two points ahead of Arsenal and Spurs. We are a massive seven points ahead of Newcastle and Man United already. And me and Kev were saying, this time last year, we were about seven, eight points off off these guys already. I mean, when that pretty much killed any hope of top four. So, yeah. I mean, Chelsea were about 11 points ahead of them, which is just hilarious. But, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can all we can always laugh at Chelsea. Uh, Chris, who'd you like for your man in a match? Oh, it's gets that point where it's just we're gonna have to start saying who's man in the match, other than Sobers lie, isn't it? So <laughs> I'm trying to think of something different just to be different. Um, Justin I, Justin's made a great point there, you know. 
What's up? Yeah. He says, Al Justin Allison, Boyd. for me, he kept us in the game early for us to go on and win it. And I mean, that's, it's another that's one of those, yeah, with the exception of Allison sort of situation. So I'll give it McAllister because I thought he grew into the game and only he, and, you know, he's one of the few players on the pitch you could pick that pass to Darwin, which was the crucial goal. But the second goal kill, kills them. So yeah. if that was a solid lie, I'm not going to argue with it. But just for difference, I'll say McAllister. Yeah, and uh, Bonkers LFC and just Hannah are in the same vein of thinking as me. I, I would give it to Joel Matip. I thought he was fantastic. It was so solid at the back and didn't give them the outfall that you knew that they were going to be looking for. The number of times he bossed Mikhail Antonio at the halfway line when West Ham were hoiking the ball out of their end to try to relieve the pressure, I just thought it was fantastic, and it gave us the stability that we needed. Um, other than that, I mean, we got Fatback 4 coming up tonight, like four hours and 45 minutes, and Gav and the lads will be on to uh, take a little broader view of what went on today, probably touch on some of the other uh, games that happened this weekend, have a little laugh at Chelsea, probably. 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 Uh, be rude but not to, than, wouldn't it? Let's be fair. Yeah, I mean, that's it's only right. Uh, but again, big thanks for Darius Hoyt for his super chat. Uh, after YouTube takes their cut from that super chat, that money will be going in to help out our charity sponsor, which is, of course, the 12 uh, Dublin women GAA players running the Dublin City Marathon. It is the final week of September, so that marathon in October is coming up real, real, real quick. So if you can help us out, help them out. We've got the link in the description on YouTube, the social media pages for the LFC Day Trippers, whatever you're on, has the link for their GoFundMe page. Help us get them to their fundraising target. That would be absolutely fantastic. Please hit the like button if you're watching us live. Thank you for joining us live. We had about 200 people, and that's always good. Uh, if you're listening to it afterwards, rate it on your podcast things and share and review. But mostly, make sure you're back in here in the chat and uh, for the 10 o'clock Irish time start for the Fatback Four, because... I imagine whoever Gav rounds up to be on the show tonight are going to be in rather high spirits. So thanks to Chris. Thanks to Kev for joining me. Anything else before we get out of here, gents? Nope. Not all good. Not all go and have a few cans down and enjoy the rest of the Sunday. That's right. And hopefully we can watch the Green Bay Packers put the absolute shoes to the New Orleans Saints as the red zone gets started in about 45 minutes here. But other than that, thanks everybody for joining us. This was our seventh full-time Reds of the season. We'll see you guys again for another one on Thursday. From Matt and the gang, see you all later. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.